This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday, September 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes of the Guardians coming off a disappointing 2-5 and five road trip to the West Coast, uh, winning one game each in uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Uh, but there were uh, a number of, of wins left out there sort of on the table, uh, several blown saves and uh, situations where the offense uh, had an opportunity to to put more runs on the board and just didn't do it. Uh, a couple of games where they jumped out in front and, uh, you know, sort of faded away offensively at the end, uh, leaving wins that they, they should have probably come home with uh, out on the road. Uh, just what do you take away from the, the Guardians going uh, two and five on the trip and, and pretty much uh, ending any chance that they, they had at the, uh, pulling up a miracle and running down the, the twins in the AL central. Yeah. It, it just looked like a, a team playing out the string to me, Joe, just a brutal trip two and five. Like you said, if my math is right, they hit 164 with runners in scoring position on the trip. They averaged 3.2 runs. They lose three games in walk-off fashion. And uh, if, uh, if I'm adding these up, these numbers upright, they only got outscored 26 to 23. Does that make sense? It seemed like every, you know, that, that might be a little off. I, I'm not sure, but it just, uh, they just, you know, they, <laughs> they didn't hit at the right time. They didn't pitch at the right time. And, you know, they limp home and, uh, you know, there, there's what, 15, 16 games left. They're eight back. And, you know, you, we're just counting the days to the end of the season right now. Yeah, what do we what do we look forward to now uh, over these last two three weeks of the season? Uh, as far as what are we looking for out of this team to to see how they finish down the stretch? Because obviously they're not playing now for for anything other than uh, you know maybe a couple of guys playing for spots on the roster next year. Yeah, you know, I guess we'll we'll see if uh, Tristan uh, McKenzie and Shane Bieber can make it back. You know, Pitt make a couple of appearances. Appearances, you know, before the season ends, uh, we're going to see uh, how many saves uh, 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 Manual Class A can get and blow, you know, while in the last 15 <laughs> games, he's, what's he at, 40, 40 saves and 11 blown saves. So I guess yeah. we've got the, that counter going, um, you know, and uh, we'll have, um, you know, 
and I guess we'll continue to watch the the, the uh, development of the younger guys. Is Gabriel Arias the shortstop of the future? Uh, you know, what, where does uh, Tyler Freeman play into this? Uh, you know, uh, and, uh you know, what what is the what will be the status of uh, Miles Straw at the end of this season? And is he uh, is he the fourth outfielder? Is he the center fielder? Do they have a right fielder in? In, in Brennan, you know, there's there, all that continues to uh, churn. And, you know, the thing I, and I think we'll, we'll continue to see, uh, you know, Josh Naylor put the finishing touches on a career season and Bo Naylor really kind of emerge as as a, the starting catcher and maybe maybe one of the best young catchers in baseball, Joe. Yeah, a guy like Bo Naylor has a chance to really finish hot and give uh it generate a lot of excitement heading into next year for himself and for, for the fans who, who want to see him. Uh, and, and Josh Naylor, like you said, uh, can finish off basically a, a career year for him. As long as he stays healthy and stays out there, I think uh, uh, he's going to uh, do that. And, and you know, uh, maybe a guy like a, a Josh Naylor or a guy like a Stephen Kwan could be positioning themselves to 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 get some sort of contract extension in the offseason or, or in spring training and, you know, based on what they've been able to do consistently over the last two seasons, uh, you got to start uh, thinking about considering that if you're the front office. And, uh, you know, that leads into obviously the, the bigger questions, uh, you know, about Terry Francona and, and you know, the future and uh, Chris Antonetti, as we're hearing uh, rumors with, uh, you know, Boston parting ways with their president of baseball operations, uh, Haim Bloom. Uh, he had come over from the uh, the Rays and was supposed to, you know, revamp the the whole front office and and you know move Boston forward and uh, that sort of didn't work out. Now Haim Bloom is is out there and uh, the the Red Sox have a need and of course uh, guys like Mike Chernoff and Chris Antonetti are are going to be in the conversation uh, pretty much anytime one of those high profile jobs uh, comes open. Uh, Antonetti in particular has a, a connection to Boston. He, he Grew up in the area, went to high school in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts, and, and went to UMass. Uh, is uh, with the uncertainty about Terry Francona, and you know, I think in any other season, uh, they've turned down offers to interview with uh, teams like the Mets and, and other places. Uh, but this might feel a little different if if uh, if Tito's not going to be there next year. Would either uh, Antonetti or Chernoff view this as the the timing being right to to maybe make a move for themselves? Yeah, you never know, uh, uh, Joe. I mean, uh, you know this. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, Chernoff turned down the Mets job or to you know, a chance to interview for it. I mean, you know, and and uh, Antonetti had a chance to uh, take the St. Louis job uh, several years ago and turn that down to stay in Cleveland. Um, you know, so, you know, those guys always, you know, and there's, I'm, pro- I'm sure there's probably, there's probably been other offers that we don't know of, but, uh, you know, those guys have stayed so far, but, the, you know, the, like you said, the key element here is that, uh, Francona's leaving at the end of the season. So that, you know, does that disrupt that triumvirate, you know, uh, Chernoff, Antonetti and Francona that have, you know, kind of ruled the roost in Cleveland. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I think those guys, as long as, there, those those two guys, Chernoff and and Antonetti, are always going to be among the uh, candidates when when a front office job uh, springs open until they take it. 
Yeah, I don't think you you can totally dismiss the the possibility that you know they would be interested in something like that. Uh, obviously, these are these are competitive guys, and and you know I keep going back to the the final scene in the movie Moneyball where uh, you know uh, Billy Bean is is he at least takes the the phone call and takes the interview in Boston just because in in his response as to why he took it was well it's it's the Red Sox. I mean you you've got to you've got to answer that call. You've got to take that. Uh, um that interview but uh you know i don't know the the guardians and this franchise have had such stability over the last decade plus uh you know with this front office with terry francona uh that's that's how they've been so consistent uh right now with this sort of news that the the boston position is open and you know terry francona is is likely done at the end of the year uh, right now, there are a lot more question marks than just who's going to be on the roster next year. Uh, and this is sort of it's it's a lot different for this this franchise. And, and you know, those who are who are surrounding it, a lot of uncertainty moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we just, um, you know, I, it, you know, Heim Bloom was brought in to what control the payroll, cut the payroll in the, in the Red Sox. Uh, you know, he traded Mookie Betts was his first move. And, and lo and behold, that the Met, the Red Sox didn't want that, Joe. They want to win. They, they want to spend money and win. And what GM, what guy wouldn't want to come into that situation knowing that you, you've got, the, you know, the, the, one of the most powerful franchises, the richest franchise backing you that they will spend off the charts to, to put a winner on the field. You know, it, it, it's amazing what, what, what a little pressure from a fan base will do isn't it? So, yeah. uh, you know, so the next guy is going to have carte blanche, I would think, going into, uh, you know, Red Sox nation. Well, imagine imagine what uh, Chris Antonetti could do with the resources that Boston would would give him. I, I would think he's, you know, won uh, executive of the year awards. And we, we've seen firsthand the, the, the kind of moves and the kind of uh, strategies that he can employ. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see what he could do in Boston. I, I, I don't want to see him leave Cleveland, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see it. He'd be like a kid in a candy store, I'm sure, with the ability to, uh, you know, to, to throw or to roll the dice on a, on a free agent. And if he doesn't work out, just eat the money. That's, that's something that, you know, can't be done in his situation here in Cleveland. And, you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, if they if they hit, it's how you build winners. So uh, it, it very interesting. But yeah, they Boston brought in Heim Bloom to to be the axe man, and then all of a sudden they didn't want an axe man anymore. So <laughs> you know he's uh, he's on his way out. Uh, but it's a it's a good situation for the next guy in. I think, uh, like you said, uh, yeah. I I don't think uh, a lot of people. It, a lot of people around the Guardians are, are more worried about uh, Terry Francona right now, but you got to kind of see the big picture. And, you know, if, if Francona is not there, it opens the possibility that uh, there's there's even more uncertainty in that front office. So uh, until we hear from Chris Antonetti and, and hear him say the words, I'm not going anywhere, uh, there's always going to be that possibility, uh, and, 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 you know, as, as the end of the season rolls around. Yeah, for uh, sure, Joe. And, and you know, maybe uh... – 
you know, if, if Antonetti should leave and I'm not, you know, I have no idea if he would or not, you know, uh, you know, Mike Chernoff gets a chance to be the top guy, you know, and uh, he is, he's paid his dues and perhaps he'd move up the ladder to be the uh, director of baseball operations and it would be in his hands then. Yeah. And uh, again, that's, uh, you know, Mike's a, an experienced guy. He's a, he's a sought after guy uh, in, in different circles. So uh, again, the, Anything to keep consistency within that front office would be a good thing uh, if moves uh, are are made and, and do happen to be made. So, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely knowing that there's going to be a managerial search is one thing. Definitely knowing that there will be a managerial search and uh, you know looking for GM and and uh, president of baseball operations and that kind of stuff. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, uncharted waters for this franchise as as the the end of the season rolls around. Uh, I want to take a, a second right now to let our listeners know uh, if you want to get updates on uh, the, the latest in, in moves in terms of the players, the roster, and uh, the front office, the coaching staff, uh, subtext is the best way to do it, cleveland.com slash subtext, or uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, that's the best way to, to reach out to Hoinsey and myself. You can text back and forth with us and you get uh, immediate updates on, uh, you know, what we know about the uh, managerial search, the uh, the front office situation, and everything about the Guardians. Uh, this offseason is going to be a busy one, so it will probably be a good time to be uh, signed up for subtext and get those updates. Uh, Hoinsey, you had the opportunity uh, over the past seven, eight days uh, to head out to a few uh, minor league games. Uh, you were down in uh, Akron, and you've you've been to uh, Columbus to to see a few prospects and to see uh, some rehab starts. Uh, a couple of guys I want to talk about uh, today. Uh, off the top, uh, Kyle Manzardo, one of the top prospects in the Guardians organization, acquired from Tampa Bay in exchange for Aaron Savali at the trade deadline. Uh, Manzardo, a guy with, uh, you know, he brought in for his bat, uh, he could play first base and, uh, they're hoping to see some emerging power out of this kid. Uh, what did you see and, and what did you learn about, uh, one of the top prospects in the guardians organization, uh, Kyle Manzardo? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I went down to, uh, to uh, Columbus uh, over last weekend and talked to him, uh, saw him play a game and, uh, you know, Kyle seems like a nice young man. Uh, you know, and he's, uh, he's been playing with, uh, you know, I, I give him, him and his, his whole family credit. You know, he's been playing, you know, he, not only did he, uh, get traded, you know, he was a second round pick of the Rays in 2021. Uh, he gets traded, uh, you know, at the, de- before the deadline this year. Uh, you know, he's got a, you know, he's rehabbing a, a kind of a, a, a left shoulder injury. And he's also playing at his mother, Wendy, you know, since, uh, has, has, is, is on the list in, in, uh, they live in Idaho and she's on the uh, heart transplant tra- transplant list. You know, she's got a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a vascular disease uh, that uh, they, she's been, uh, you know, they've been treating for, for since like 2021 and it's, you know, steadily kind of declined. Um, they're going to the Mayo Clinic in uh, Rochester, uh, Minnesota this weekend uh, for, you know, to consult with more doctors uh, more treatment, 
but uh, you know we talked about that and how how he's dealing with that and i talked to his uh his dad paul manzardo and how the whole family is kind of uh, you know just coping with that and uh, you know watching uh, watching Kyle's career progress so it was uh you know it was it was a it was an interesting story and you know you you know you you know you really uh, hope for the best that 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 the best outcome you know can can come out of this yeah uh you know how does manzardo stay focused on on baseball and stay focused between the lines you know with all of that going on in his life obviously uh, his his mom's very important very special uh, what uh what like did he does he do on his in his daily routine to to sort of keep his focus where it needs to be uh for for his career yeah well he talks to his mom you know two or three times a week he facetimes with her so you know they stay in constant touch uh you know he seemed like a pretty grounded guy uh, you know she had uh, you know, in talking to Paul Manzardo, his, uh, you know, uh, Kyle's father, uh, they said that their, their mother had, had, you know, really kind of serious conversations with, uh, Kyle and, and a younger brother, Marcus, you know, about, you know, if, about, you know, her future and, you know, that she wanted them to concentrate on, on their goals and not, you know, be too preoccupied with this and, you know, to always, you know, that, that she was, you know, that, that, that that would make her happy and that would give her the strength to uh, keep fighting. How, uh, how does Kyle see his uh, ascent sort of to the, uh, to the majors and, and his path to get to uh, Cleveland now uh, in so far as what he's doing in Columbus uh, after rehabbing that shoulder injury? Yeah, he said, you know, it's taken him a little bit of, to uh, get back to, uh, you know, get back to, he's still kind of waiting to get his timing back. Uh, but he said he feels good. His shoulder is fine. I guess he kind of, you know, partially dislocated it on a play at first base while playing for a uh, class triple a Durham, uh, Tampa Bay's top farm club. Uh, and it took a while to rehab, but, uh, you know, he, he seemed, he moves around the bag really well. I was watching him at first base, uh, you know, and, uh, he's, he's a tall kid, Joe. He's like six, six, one, six foot, 205 pounds. They think he'll fill out. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he's, you know, and he's a smart hitter. You know, I saw him, uh, you know, I don't know if we, did we talk about this on, but, uh, we, t- uh, you know, I saw him on Saturday when they had the challenge system in and, you know, mm-hmm. he took, you know, a, a ball got called against a strike got called against him in the ninth inning. He challenged. The strike was overturned. He got a walk, and uh, John Kenzie Noel, the next batter, hit a three-run walk-off home run to to win it. So you know he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. Right. Yeah. That uh, that automated ball strike system is something that we'll be talking a lot about uh, in this offseason. I'm sure it's coming uh, at, at some point, if not next year, then the year after. But uh, as far as Manzardo and his sort of uh, advanced hitting. Uh, sort of feel, I guess, is the is is what the the scouts say. Uh, this is a guy who's going to put the ball in play, but uh, you know, unlike some of the guys on the the current roster, they're expecting him to grow into a little bit more power. I mean, he hits for a good average and and you know hits doubles, uh, but eventually they're they're hoping to see you know uh, a 15 to 20 home run uh, type player uh, out of him uh, as as he you know sort of grows and fills out, right? 
Yeah, you know, the, he has really good, uh, you know, ball-to-bat skills right now. He, like you said, he, he sprays the ball around. He hits to all fields. You know, the question is, will he fill out? Will he get strong enough? Will that, you know, will the ability to make contact turn into power down the road? And that's, uh, you know, that's, I guess, what, uh, you know, where the risk lies, you know, in, in making a deal, you know, for Savali when they traded him, you know, in getting this guy back and getting uh, Kyle back. You know, that's the uh, projection, and that's what, uh, you know, uh, the scouts say. Will will he, you know, turn that, you know, that the good contact skills into the ability to impact the ball and, and be a run producer? Uh, another prospect that you were able to get a, a, a look at, although it, although briefly didn't didn't watch him very much, uh, Chase DeLauder. Uh, up, uh, you know, promoted uh, from High A uh, Lake County uh, to Akron for the final series or the final homestand of the season um, with the Rubber Ducks. And DeLauder got to play in a couple of the games uh, this week that you saw with uh, Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie pitching in rehab starts. Uh, like uh, like Manzardo, this is a, a big left-handed bat, tall kid, uh, you know, a, a draft pick from uh 2021 2022 uh number one pick um this is uh, a guy who the raw power is there you know that uh he's going to hit for power once he he figures things out at the plate and it looks like uh right now he's he's doing exactly that uh tore it up at uh lake county uh and and earned that promotion for the the sort of the the show me uh appearance at the end of the season at uh at, at akron now uh, he's going to get a chance to maybe start the season at Akron next year. Uh, and, and depending on how he does, uh, you know, he, we could potentially see him uh, in a Guardians uniform uh, at some point next season. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, really kind of a you know, he you know, they need hitters. He's a hitter, Joe. He's uh, you know, he had a, like you said, he had a great season at, at Lake County. Uh, you know, the big thing with him is staying healthy. You know, they drafted him when he was hurt. Uh, you know, he, he he had another uh, injury in, in spring training that set him back, you know, that really kind of set his season back. But uh, he looks healthy now, and uh, we'll have to see how he progresses, how quickly he progresses. He's a college kid, so he's on, you know, basically a fast track. So, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, what next year uh, brings to for him. Yeah, a lot of excitement uh, being generated by those two prospects. Uh, and a lot of hope, I, I guess. Uh, and you're going to hear fans and you're going to ha- hear people a- around the club or follow the club, you know, ca- sort of calling for these guys to be in the mix when when spring training rolls around and, and sort of, uh, it, it, you know, we've seen it enough where, uh, you know, we saw it this past season with Bo Naylor, where, you know, a kid is ready uh, and, and, you know, the decisions were made. Uh, you know, I think outside of the the manager's office there, where uh, they they sort of wanted to, to hold him back for uh, reasons of service time manipulation or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, these two guys, Chase DeLauder and Kyle Manzardo, are both going to be guys who uh, are going to get uh, you know a lot of fans and a lot of people talking about them. Uh, you know, coming to and when are they going to make their debuts? Uh, we we could see that next season for both of these guys. Uh, it just depends on, uh, you know, what approach the front office wants to take with with letting that happen. Uh, you know, and, and you know, who knows what the roster looks like uh, by that point, by the time they're ready to come up next season. So 
we'll we'll be following that as well. Hoinsey, the Guardians open a, a weekend series against the Texas Rangers uh, tonight at the ballpark. Uh, Jose Ramirez will be honored for uh, being named the Guardians uh, Roberto Clemente Award nominee. Uh, every team has a, a Roberto Clemente Award nominee. Uh, this year, it's Jose for his involvement in the community, uh, obviously donating a, a good chunk of, of funding for a baseball field in uh, Northeast Ohio and also the work that he did in Dominican uh, during the offseason. Uh, Jose climbed the franchise home run list uh, with his home run on Wednesday afternoon. He uh, moved into seventh place, tying Larry Doby with 215 career home runs. Uh, he also uh, moved past Lou Boudreau with 741 uh, RBIs, so that's good for 12th uh, place on the all-time list there. Uh, Jose Ramirez is about as as good uh, an example of a franchise cornerstone uh, as you're going to find, and he's being honored as the uh, Roberto Clemente Award nominee, uh, a deserving uh, recognition for him. For sure, Joe. I mean, this guy, <laughs> Ramirez, Ramirez signed with um... – with the Guardians, when he, in uh, what in two thousand nine, two thousand and nine. So he's been in the organization, and this is his ninth year in the big leagues, and he's not going anywhere, Joe. He signed what a seven year extension last year. You know he's going to end his career here. Um, you know so it's uh, you know so he he's going to be up on at the top of all those power numbers. You know by the time his career. Ends if he stays healthy, um, you know he's going to be at the top of, of of a lot of those categories that he's climbing right now. And you know I think he's becoming as he's you know gotten used to Cleveland and and grown you know grown fond fonder and fonder of it. He's become more involved in the city and and in the youth programs that the organization uh, you know sponsors. And it's good to see. And I think uh, he enjoys that. You know, he enjoys talking to the young kids in 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 Bonnie and in in, in in his hometown in the Dominican and in Cleveland. You know, and uh, I think he he likes he likes working with that. He he knows baseball inside and out, and you know that's what he preaches to the kids. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, you talk about him his his hometown in Bonnie, but you know he refers to Cleveland now as home as well. You know, his both of his his children are born here and. Uh, you can tell that he's very comfortable uh, living in Cleveland and, you know, the community is, is home to him uh, as much as the, the, the Dominican is. So uh, just great to see, uh, you know, the story that you know, last year when he signed that contract, you could you could tell that this was it for him. This is this is where he wants to be. And uh, he's he's been as productive as as any player in baseball. Uh, over the last several years. So, um, you know, just a, a great story all the way around. Another great story, Cole Calhoun uh, just passed uh, one of those, uh, you know, thresholds that, you know, baseball players hold dear to their hearts, uh, 10 years of major league service time uh, for Cole Calhoun. Uh, a big important number for, for guys. Now they're vested and, uh, you know, they usually have uh, a little ceremony in the clubhouse for, for guys like that. Uh, just what Cole Calhoun has done to come in and really settle things down and calm down this this clubhouse, this young team. You know, he might not accomplish the goal of getting them to the postseason, 
at, at the end of the year. Uh, but what he did coming in in uh, early August uh, shouldn't go unrecognized by this franchise. Yeah, for sure, Joe. He was he was uh, he, he was what they needed when they needed it. You know, he was a good acquisition. You know, I love what Francona said. I wish we could have got him eight years ago. You know, he was he's that kind of guy. And uh, he came in, he fit in, he led by example. I remember what one of the first games he made. He made what two errors? He was charged with two errors, maybe at at first base, or or he said he should have made the two plays at first base. Brian Rocchio was charged with the errors. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said those were those were, you know, he hadn't played first base in ten years, and he and uh, you know he he didn't scoop the both balls from Rocchio, and he he took the blame. He stood up there, took the blame, and that's that's what veterans do. And you know everybody in that clubhouse noticed that. You know you know Rocchio noticed that, and uh, you know he took the uh, took the heat for the younger player. You know that that goes a long way in in clubhouses and with teams. Yeah, just a, a stand-up guy, a good guy, and a productive guy. Uh, since he since he came over, he's uh, you know at 35, he sort of found a little something, um, and and has 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 really helped this club when when it needed it the most. So uh, you know, hats off to uh, Cole Calhoun for reaching that 10-year uh, um, service uh, milestone. Uh, you know, just a, a great guy, and you know, seeing him uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, where he had he had spent so much time in his career, uh, where he was so comfortable, and his his whole family was there, his his kids were there, and uh, and little Cole Calhoun jerseys, uh, <laughs> you know, got to got to see them outside the clubhouse, uh, hanging out with uh, with his family, and uh, it was it was just a really nice uh, moment there uh, uh, during last week during the uh, the series against the Angels. So uh, great, uh, you know, great for Cole, and and you know, happy to have him uh, celebrate that milestone with with the guardians. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up this week on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Monday to check in uh, after a weekend series with the, uh, the white hot Rangers. Uh, they came they come in after having, uh, you know, one, what, six, uh, six in a row. So we'll see, uh, see how the guardians fare against one of the best teams in the American league. And we'll talk about it next week on the, uh, on the show. All right, Joe.